who protects, watches over, cares for, feeds, guides, leads the sheep. Um, and today we're going to just dig a little bit into basically two main things that I'd like to focus on regarding Jesus as the good shepherd. Now, unique situations, unique uh, situations calls for unique measures. So I don't want you to feel isolated at home. And you might be feeling that if you've been homebound this past week. So what we're going to do today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, if you, if you're watching online, um, you can pull out your phone and you can go to this website, uachome.org slash engage. And if you go there, we're back. All right. Sorry for those technical difficulties. We're, we apologize for that, but hopefully you are back here with us and we're going to uh, continue our message here. So as I was saying, I think some of you already started to do this. If you go to uachome.org slash engage, you can give us some of your com- comments. So We're going back to the good shepherd here who sacrifices, right? So this is one of the most beautiful aspects of Jesus is that he is a sacrificial God. So normally you don't associate the word beauty and sacrifice together. But in John chapter 3 and verse 16, we read how God so loved the world that he gave, right? Uh, And this was a sacrifice that the father made in order so that we could be redeemed, Um, If you look in John chapter 10 and verse 11, it's Jesus says here, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now, Jesus compares the good shepherd and the hired hand in this portion of scripture. And he talks about how the hired hand doesn't really care about the sheep. The hired hand would run away when there's some danger. But the good shepherd, he is invested into the sheep. He's personally invested into what happens to those sheep. And likewise for us, our good shepherd, Jesus, he's personally invested into our lives. The the hired hand, he just works for money. But thank God that our good shepherd, he loves us and cares for us. The only similar example that I can think of is actually parents with their children. Now, parents are willing to do anything for their kids. If their kids get sick, many times parents wish that they were sick instead of their kids. Parents sacrifice their own dreams so that their children can accomplish their dreams. Um, And when we see this relationship between parents and children, it's very much like the good shepherd and the sheep. And I know how much my parents sacrificed for me and for my brother, and I see that they were willing to do anything so that we could have a better life. If you dial back a little bit and go to the Old Testament, we read about King David, who was actually the second king of Israel. And King David, before he became king, he was actually a shepherd. And he's probably best known for the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was this big giant who was going to come against Israel, and they needed somebody in order to be able to uh, fight against him. Now, David was just a young man at the time, and when he came onto the battlefield, people thought, who is this guy? How is he going to defeat this guy, Goliath? Goliath is so big, and David is so small. But David remembered something that happened to him when he was a shepherd. He remembered how when a bear came against his sheep and how when a lion came against his sheep, David fought against them to protect his sheep because David was a good shepherd. If you look in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 34, it says, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with the club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. 
I have done this both to lions and bears, and I will do it again to this pagan Philistine, Goliath, for he has defied the armies of the living God. See, David went on to fight against Goliath and kill Goliath. That's another story for another time. But David would go on to be king of Israel. And in a sense, David became a shepherd of Israel, protecting, guarding, and fighting for them. At all levels, whether it was David over the sheep, David against Goliath, or David over Israel, David was willing to lay down his life as a good shepherd. Do you know that the good shepherd Jesus paid a great sacrifice for us as well? That's what it means really to be a good shepherd, is to be someone who can sacrifice. Uh, Jesus came into this world and he taught us about his kingdom and he taught us about a way in which we can have a relationship with him. Now I'm going to go over four principles really quickly about what Jesus as the good shepherd did for us. The first thing that we see is that our good shepherd sheds his blood for the forgiveness of of our sins. You know, we're all sinners. We've all made mistakes. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus forgives us. As our good shepherd, we can receive the forgiveness of sins from him. See, in the Old Testament, people sacrificed animals and they shed the blood of animals in order to cover their sins. But Jesus, with his own blood, he forgives us of our sins. Now, could Jesus have died without shedding his blood? Yeah, there's lots of other ways to die. But Jesus, in particular, the Bible says, shed his blood so that we can receive the forgiveness of sins. First, in in Ephesians 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of his grace. Another thing that Jesus did on Calvary, and we're getting close to Easter, so we want to talk a little bit about Calvary, talk a little bit about what Jesus did, talk a little bit about what Easter is all about. The second thing we see is that our good shepherd was beaten to do what? To bring healing to our body, soul, and spirit. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. It's a beautiful thing that because of what Jesus did for us, we can be healed. Now, this portion of scripture here is quoted from an Old Testament prophecy found in the book of Isaiah, which we're going to look at in a moment. See, what happened was before Jesus went to the cross, he came to Pilate, right? Pilate was the ruler of that land, and he was flogged, he was beaten, and it was something that was very painful. See, at the, at the time, what they would do before they crucified somebody, they, they would beat them on their back. And they had a, a, a lash that at the end had strips of bone and strips of metal that would dig into your skin. And the Bible says that when Jesus, before he went to the cross, they beat him and beat him. And so you can just think and consider a lash that had strips of bone and metal digging into, the, into his back and pulling out chunks of flesh. And the Bible says specifically that he was beaten so that we can be healed. Jesus could have skipped that whole part and just shed his blood and died on the cross. But then what would happen to the sovereign plan of God to bring healing to our body, to our soul, and to our spirit? Maybe you're watching today and you're, you're in pain in your body. 
Maybe you're watching today and you're in pain in your spirit and in your soul because of the the hurts and the offenses and maybe broken relationships, maybe unforgiveness. Can I encourage you today to come to Jesus? He's our good shepherd and he's waiting for you. He, He took those wounds, he took that beating so that we can be healed. Maybe we have addictions. Maybe we have problems and difficulties. We can come to Jesus and be healed. I'm, I'm reminded of one of my uncles who, when he came to the Lord, he was a, he was a, a chain smoker. Smoker. He would uh, smoke about 30 cigarettes in one day. And when he came and met Jesus, the Lord just set him free. That's healing in the name of Jesus. See, this, this verse here is quoted from the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah 53, and what it says here, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Do you need healing today? This is a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus came, and Jesus fulfilled it so that we can be healed. It's interesting though, this is Isaiah 53 verse five. Do you know what the next verse says? In verse six, it says, all of us like sheep, right? We're talking about Jesus as the good shepherd and we are his sheep, but all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord has laid on him the sins of us all. That's the good shepherd. We are sheep and we've gone astray, but do you know the good shepherd, even if one sheep were to stray away, that good shepherd will go after that one sheep. And maybe you're like that here today. You're watching today and you're thinking, I'm that stray sheep and I need Jesus. I need his healing in my life. I want to encourage you today to come to Jesus. Let's realize what the good shepherd has done for us. The third thing that we see is that our good shepherd hung on the cross to redeem us from the curse. Now, we don't like using those words, right? The curse, that sounds you know, very dark and very bad. But in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by being a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hung on a pole or hung on a tree or hung on the cross. And so this curse separates us from God. So you have the blessings of God on one side and you have, the cur- you have this curse that separates us from God's blessings. The blessings of peace and grace and comfort and strength and provision and so many other things. See, Jesus could have died in so many other ways. Did he have to hang on a cross? Did he have to hang on a pole or on a tree? No, he could have died in other ways. But see, he hung on a tree specifically. He hung on a cross specifically so that he could fulfill this Old Testament prophecy and take away the curse. Jesus became a curse for us and he faced pain and punishment in order to bring us redemption. Now we can enjoy all the blessings the Lord has for us. Are are you troubled today? Are you living without hope for tomorrow? With everything going on in the world today with COVID-19 and all sorts of fears? Today we can come to Jesus, our good shepherd. It's not that we won't go through trials and difficulties and problems. The difference is that Jesus is with us in those difficulties and trials. And the last thing about Jesus sacrificing as the good shepherd is that our good shepherd died in order to destroy death and the devil. See, Hebrews chapter four, chapter two, sorry, verse 14 and 15 says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of that 
that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Now, we're seeing a lot of death in the world today. We're seeing a lot of people very fearful because of COVID-19 and, and this pandemic and all these things that are happening. But you know, Jesus gives us hope that goes beyond this life. There's a hope that Christ gives to us that we can have confidence and have trust in because he destroys the fear of death. He's our good shepherd that sacrifices for us. And he sacrificed for us by dying on the cross so that he could destroy the works of the devil and destroy that fear of death that grips many people. And if you're here watching today and you're thinking, yes, I'm, I'm terrified to die, I'm scared to die, let me tell you that Jesus gives us hope. Jesus gives us the possibility of eternal life with him. That at the end of this life, that's not the final, the final verse, let's say. But we can enjoy his presence. We can enjoy him for all eternity. Um, Keisha, I'm going to ask you to, to uh, come up now. And uh, let's just take a look at some of those uh, responses that you have. What are people saying about Jesus? Now, Keisha and I, we're, we're doing some social distancing here. All right. So, Keisha, uh, what, are some of the, what are some of the responses there of people that are saying of what the Good Shepherd is to them? Mainly, a lot of people are saying that he is their protector. Mm-hmm. He guides them. He cares for them. Um, that pretty much is the consensus. Provider. Mm-hmm. Um, he watches over me. Wow. Um, someone said he's everything. Yes. I like the aspect of watching over as well, because especially in a climate like we are living in right now, to know that Jesus is watching over us, to know that Jesus is with us in such a difficult time is very important. Very important during these yeah. times. Yeah. Thank you, Keisha, and thanks for everyone for responding. I'm just going to give you a, a moment as well, a little bit later on, to share some more thoughts with us. But the second part of this message that I'm going to get to is uh, the next part of what the Good Shepherd is. So the first section we saw, the Good Shepherd sacrifices. We saw four things that he does in sacrificing his life for us, right? The second thing is that the Good Shepherd who knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Right? The good shepherd knows us. Right? It's such a beautiful promise. Uh, this is one, I think, of the most profound statements in all of Scripture. That the living God, the king of all the universe, the God of all creation, who's all-powerful, right? who has all knowledge, is in everywhere at all time, is mindful of you. He's mindful of me. And he knows us intimately. I think this is one of the most profound statements uh, in, in the word of God. St. Augustine said, men go abroad to admire the heights of mountains, the mighty waves of the sea, the, the broad tides of rivers, the compass of the ocean, and the circuits of the stars. Yet, pass over the mystery of themselves without a thought. Do we pass over that mystery of who God has created us to be as his sheep? Do we pass over that mystery of understanding how loved and cared for we are in the sight of God? Do we pass over the fact that our good shepherd cares even for that one sheep that strays away because we are so special to him? I think these two facts that we're looking at this morning sets Christianity apart from every other world religion. The fact that our God and our creator would sacrifice for us to die for us, that's so unique to Christianity. That's so unique to Jesus, our savior. 
The fact that he would be mindful of us and know us uniquely and personally and intimately is such an amazing thing that our God is with us, that we can have a relationship with him. I think these two statements just set Christianity apart from everything else. John chapter 10 and verse uh, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. I'm going to go to a, another question. If you want to engage with us, uachome.org slash engage. And this next question is, how have you experienced God knowing you personally? When you think about your life, how have you seen the hand of God working in you? When you look at your life, how have you seen God blessing you, working in you, uh, being mindful of you, being intimate and personal with you. So if you want to just uh, share some thoughts with that, and Keisha will come back in a little bit and give us some of your responses as well. See, Psalm 139, verse 1 and 2 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. See, this is such a beautiful thing that our God would know us. Jesus knows us like nobody else knows us. He knows our innermost thoughts and feelings. He knows our pain. He knows our hurt. He knows our sorrow. He knows our joy. He knows our gladness. He knows our victories. He knows our failures. And he chooses to love us. We are so important to God that he cares for the very hairs of our head. That's a beautiful verse in Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. It says, what is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now that's a big job. Now for me, it's getting a little bit easier as it's going. But it's a big job to start counting all those hairs. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. I'm going to tell a story on Pastor Kevin here. Here's a picture of Pastor Kevin with a little bird. See, this little bird, he flew into uh, Pastor Kevin's house and sort of knocked himself out. And Pastor Kevin, like the good shepherd, went and found that little bird and cared for it and warmed it up and let it go. Do you know that in Greek, the word for shepherd is also the same word that's used for pastor, right? That the pastor would care for the flock. And you can see here, Pastor Kevin, he's caring for that, for that small bird and that's what our good shepherd does for us. He cares for us. He leads us and guides us. But that verse specifically says that he knows us. It says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. So the question here is, how do we know God's voice? In, in John 10 verse 27, my sheep hear my, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So how do we recognize the voice of God? How do we recognize God actually speaking to us? And I'm going to share a few ways in which we actually can recognize and know God's voice. The first one is that our good shepherd speaks to us through his word. See, Jesus has given to us the eternal word of God. He's given to us his word so that we can uh, read and understand and know him. And let me tell you, in some of these things that we're going to look at now, this is creating channels, pathways, opportunities for God to speak to us. We can't say, God, speak to me, and we never read the word of God and say, well, God, why are you not speaking to me? Well, he gave us a whole book, right? 
And so as we read the word of God, we will see God speaking to us and God working in our lives. The good shepherd uh, interacted with people in the past, and these stories that are written are written so that we can know and understand who our God is. We can understand how he loves people. We can understand his promises. We can understand how he works in our lives. In John chapter 5 and verse 39, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees because they were trying to trap him and do all sorts of things against him, but Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. See, Jesus himself is saying that read the word of God. They're testifying about me. They're telling you who I am. And as we read the word of God, as we study the scriptures, the, the, the scriptures are useful for instruction, for correction, for wisdom, for guidance, and so many other things. We can't ask the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me. I want to be your sheep. Let me hear your voice. And then never open up the word of God where he's already spoken to us. Another way in which God speaks to us is that our good shepherd speaks to us in prayer. See, the Lord is longing to know us deeply and intimately in prayer. As we're socially distancing ourselves from one another because of the current pandemic, let's not be social with the Lord or socially distant with the Lord right? Let's be close to the Lord, right? Don't be distant from God. Prayer is not just a one-way communication, but prayer is a two-way communication, us talking to God and God talking to us. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You know, I think that in these days, we need to pray, And I'd like to encourage all of us to respond to the call to pray. We're living in a very critical time in our our world. I, I don't think any of us can remember another time like this. And in these desperate and critical times, God wants us as his people to call out to him. God wants us to be people of prayer. In the Old Testament, we read about Esther. And there was a time in in Esther's life, she was the, the queen of Persia. She was also a Jew. And there was a time when there was an attack against the Jewish people where they were going to annihilate and kill off all the Jewish people. And Esther, because she was the queen and married to the king, she had an opportunity to intercede. She had an opportunity to go to the king and say, hey, look, this is what's happening. But she wasn't called to go in front of the king and she needed to be called. So she decided and and told her uncle Mordecai, she said, look, I'm going to fast and pray for three days. You also fast and pray for three days and I'm going to go to the king and make intercession. And I'm going to plead our case. And the Bible says that Mordecai encouraged Esther and said, don't you think, don't you know that maybe you have come to the palace for such a time as this? And I think God has invested into our lives and God has worked in us and God wants us to be people of prayer, to pray at such a time like this. I was very impressed when I was reading the story about some Ukrainian believers. See, in March 2014, tanks and guns appeared in the streets of Kharkov, Ukraine. See, they had enjoyed 23 years of religious freedom in a a post-communist era. But when this happened, pastors and evangelical leaders put a call out to pray. pray. They said, come and gather at 7 a.m. every morning in the city square, so that we can pray against the spiritual battle. They knew something physical was happening. There were signs all around. 
but they knew that there was something spiritual happening as well. And they put out a call to prayer and say, let's gather together at 7 a.m. every single day and pray. Within a week, 150 to 200 believers would show up and they would kneel down in the cold snow, in the cold weather and pray. It was a spiritual battle. They remembered the spiritual darkness that overshadowed their land during the time of communism. And so they realized that this was a spiritual battle that they needed to fight. And they needed to pray and meet together and share their faith. One pastor said at that time, he said, This is the generation of the children whose fathers were killed for their faith, whose fathers spent most of their time in prison for their faith. We knew the real face of communism, and it was trying to come back. We were standing on our knees, and we said, Lord, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, Lord. The only hope was on the Lord. That's what one of those pastors said. During a a 72-year reign of communism, there was so much persecution. There was so much difficulty that was happening. And so they rose up to pray. Let me show you a picture of what it looked like. In the cold weather, they would gather together and they would pray. In the cold weather, every day for five years, they gathered together to pray. They would kneel down in the cold snow. They knew what was happening. They knew the spiritual price that they had to pay to fight in this spiritual battle. Let me encourage you today. Let's rise up and pray. Let's be the church. Let's cry out to God because our good shepherd knows us as we pray. Let's seek the Lord in prayer. The the third thing is that our good shepherd speaks to us through spiritual disciplines. Oh, I know, I know. Not a word that we like to hear, right? Right? We've shared a little bit before about spiritual disciplines um, and how we should practice some of them. And some of them can help us cut out distractions in our life. Actually, in these days when we're, many of us are homebound and working from home and not much interaction with others, it's a really good opportunity for us to invoke and practice some spiritual disciplines. Fasting, meditation, memorizing scripture, studying scripture, silence and solitude, Right? journaling. It's it's a difficult time. The introverts are are loving it and saying, wow, this is great. I love staying at home, right? And the extroverts are, it's really hard for them. It's like, I need some social interaction. But let me encourage you because spiritual disciplines create pathways for us to connect with God. Spiritual disciplines create channels and opportunities to hear the voice of God. First Timothy chapter Four in verse seven says, train yourself to be godly, right? Train yourself to be godly. Let's practice spiritual disciplines in in, in these days so that we can hear the voice of God. Exercise ourselves in godliness, right? Not just training our body to be healthy, but also our mind and our spirit to be in tune with the Lord. Another thing about our good shepherd is that our good shepherd speaks to us in community, right? One of the reasons that we gather together on Sundays, and I know we're not doing it right now, and you're watching online, and you're, we're trying to build community virtually online here, and uh, even our life groups trying to meet together. Our, our young adults met, uh, met on Friday night through Zoom, and we're trying to build community that way, right? 
See, God didn't create us to live alone. God didn't create us just to live this life by ourselves, but he created us to be in community. And one of the amazing things about how the Good Shepherd speaks to us is through community. The Good Shepherd uses people around us to speak wisdom to us. The Good Shepherd uses people in our lives to share wisdom, experience, and love to us. So I want to encourage you today to reach out to somebody, right, in your community. If you're in a life group, meet together with your life group online. Uh, If you're not connected to anyone, maybe uh, make a phone call to somebody to connect with someone for prayer or support or encouragement. Proverbs 15 and verse 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. See, we hear God's voice. We get, sometimes we have a big decision to make. And how do we make that decision? How, how can we hear God's voice? Many times our good shepherd speaks to us through community. The people that God has placed around us, the people that God has placed with us that can speak into our lives. Uh, Proverbs 27 and verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So let's build community. I know it's a lot tougher these days. It's a lot harder, but let's be diligent to build community because God can speak to us even in that. And lastly, our good shepherd speaks to us through our, our own experiences right? One of the problems of the children of Israel when God brought them out of the land of Egypt was that God would do something amazing. They would see the hand of God. And then after that, they forgot, right? They would, they would have an amazing miracle, a wonderful experience. And then another trial would come and they would forget what God did before. They would come to another trial and they would think, we're destroyed. There's no hope. But if they just remembered what God did for them before, then they would have hope. If they just remembered how God delivered them, how God set them free, how God blessed them, then they would have hope. And we need to do the same thing. You know, we're going through a a hard time and maybe you're going through a difficulty today. Maybe you're going through a trial today. Can I encourage you to remember God's hand of blessing on your life? Can I encourage you to think back to maybe last year or three years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago and remember how God blessed you, how God provided for you, how God delivered you, how God did wonderful things for you? Because God speaks to us through our experiences as well. And as we go through that, we will be able to know and hear God's voice. See, the children of Israel, they didn't learn from their experience. They didn't know that God was always there to help them, to sustain them, to support them, and to strengthen them. God uses our experiences to speak to us. As we go through hard times, we get to understand and know God better. See, we would never know God as our good shepherd, right, if we didn't need to be pastored. We would never know him as our savior if we were never lost. We would never know him as our healer if we were never sick, We would never know him as our comforter if we were never discouraged. We would never know him as our provider if we were never in need. We would never know him as our refuge if we never needed protection. We would never know him as our sanctifier if we were never sinful. We would never know him as a father if we never felt alone. See, God allows us to go through trials and difficult experiences so that the good shepherd can speak to us. God allows us to go through loneliness so that the good shepherd can say, I'm your father, here I am for you. God allows us to go through times of need so that as the good shepherd, he can provide for us. See, through our experiences, God speaks to us. 
and makes his voice known. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 10 says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Now, what if I just, I'm just going to uh, delete those words here. What if we just took that out? In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus, right? Oh, let me just take this part out here. He will restore, support, strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. That verse is ready to be put up on our wall, right? But the problem is, is that little line, so after you have suffered a little while, maybe you feel like you're going through some suffering today. Maybe you feel like you're going through a trial today. This too shall pass. I, 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 was, I remember the story of, I remember one, one lady that told me once, I was in another church and she shared with me the sto- her, her testimony and her story at the end of the service. And she had gone through a very difficult trial of cancer. And it was a, a very painful, a very difficult time for her. But in the trial of cancer, in the difficulty of that sickness, she found Jesus so intimately, so personally, and so wonderfully. And I was amazed at what she said at the end. She told me, she said, Daniel, if I had to do it again, no cancer, but not know Jesus that way, I wouldn't want that. And she said, if I had to do it all over again, I would take the cancer again because of what it did for my spiritual life to know Jesus and to draw closer to him. She experienced Jesus in those trials. Keisha, can we come back up here and can we look at some of that feedback of of how people got to know the Lord? Yeah, well, I want to shout out the Baileys because Ella says, God loves me. Awesome. Right? And then there's a couple of great responses here. All of them are great, actually. Um, One said, when going through times of deep trouble, I have felt his love and care for me and my family. Mm. He sent many people to care for us. And uh, another one, which was pretty cool, I came across the same words in Bible, in the Bible three times during a week. God was talking to me. And let us not be weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. That's from the scripture. That truly speaks to my current situation. And then one more, someone said, so many times. The verses I read during a devotion have addressed the issues I've been facing Mm -hmm. in the last 24 hours. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah, thanks, Keisha, for sharing those things. And thanks to our congregation for participating and sending some of those uh, comments in. And we can really see what a faithful God we serve and how he knows us intimately and loves us. You know, there's a psalm that's known as the Shepherd's Psalm, and it's Psalm 23. And I'd just like to, to, to close off here by us reading this psalm together, okay? And so you should be able to see these words on your screen, and we're going to read this psalm together. It's known as the Shepherd Psalm. It was written by David, the, the, the shepherd of Israel, and there's so many beautiful promises in this psalm. And so let's, let's read this together, Psalm 23, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... Hold on, I, we're going to read together, all right, guys? Okay, uh, you're just probably looking at that screen if you're watching online. You're looking at that screen and maybe not saying anything, but let's, let's read together, okay? All right, Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful psalm? Especially that verse 4 that says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and I just want to encourage you, don't fear. I know, I know there's a lot of fear going on. I know there's a lot of things that we could be worried about. But let me just encourage you to be able to say that our good shepherd cares for us, and he walks with us. He's with us even in the most difficult times. I'm going to close and just tell you a story about a, a man named Abdu. It's not his real name, but this is a true story. Abdu is from a country called Mauritania. Mauritania is actually number 24 on the, on the world watch list for persecuted nations. And so it's a very difficult country for Christians to live in. He, he grew up in a different religious faith. And one day as he was browsing on the internet, he came across some words about Christianity, and those words stayed with him. So he contacted an online mission <clears throat> organization and asked to be sent some videos about the genealogy of Jesus. After some time of reading and studying, he was convinced that Jesus was the true savior of the world. And so he called that mission organization and, and they shared with him about Jesus and about the cross. And he wanted to know more about the gospel. And so they sent him a go the gospel of Luke. And he, he asked if there were any other Christians in Mauritania that he could meet with and that he could talk to. But that mission organization didn't know a single other Christian in that country. So Abdu kept praying, and one day he had a dream that he met three people who taught him the Bible. Meanwhile, that organization learned, <clears throat> that mission organization learned about a Christian couple that was traveling from Egypt uh, and going to Mauritania. Hold on one second. And so as this couple was, was going there from Egypt, they, this mission organization contacted Abdu and told him, look, this couple is coming and they can meet with you and talk to you about Jesus. And, but they said, look, it's not three people, it's just two people, right? So it's not like what's actually happened in your dream. After the visit, Abdu called back to that mission organization and he was so excited because he said, that couple came and they brought a friend. So it happened like my dream. And he was able to receive a physical copy of the Bible and he was able to pray with other Christians. Then Abdu had another dream. And he, in that dream, he saw two people come and he was studying the Bible with those two people. And so he learned that that Christian couple actually extended their time in, in uh, Mauritania. So do you know what Abdu did? He took one month off of work so that he could study the Bible with this Christian couple every single day. Can you see how the good shepherd was leading and guiding Abdu, 
Even though he was in a faraway land and not much connection, but God was using people as the good shepherd to bring Abdu to salvation. Remember, it was risky for Abdu as a Christian in that country. There's a lot of fear, a lot of persecution. It was illegal for him to become a Christian. But God beautifully, as the good shepherd, led him and guided. In the midst of fear, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of trouble, the good shepherd was working and using people and using his word to bring Abdu to salvation. I want to ac you today, if you go back to uachome.org slash engage, if you have a prayer request, we would love to be able to pray for you. If you want to just input that into uh, uh, online, and, and we would love to be able to support you in prayer that way. The worship team is going to sing a song for us, Whom Shall I Fear? A lot of fear going around. Remember, the good shepherd is with you to help you today. God bless you.